You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this week's edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're in a series called Resisting the Devil. A very, very important series, and it's important that we have a real balance in all of this, and we're going to really get into that, as you'll see in this study. James 4, 7 is where we're taking our text scripture today. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. You know, when I was a young believer, I quoted this verse, but not the whole thing. Almost never quoted the first part, therefore submit to God. It wasn't that I didn't believe in submitting to God. To me, the most important element of the verse would have been resist the devil, he will flee from you. But uh, the more that I've learned about following the Lord and the way he leads and guides, uh, it's important to take the whole of a context when you see this. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not wrong to quote a part of a scripture. Jesus himself did that when he was on the Mount of Temptation. You know, when the devil tried to get him to jump off the pinnacle of the temple, he said, uh, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. That's only part of the verse in Deuteronomy that he quoted. He didn't quote the whole thing. And so that was effective. Jesus did it, so it wasn't wrong. But there's so much more to be gained when you see the whole context. And I'm not saying Jesus didn't see the whole context. He certainly did, but he didn't need it in that case. All right, anytime you see the word therefore in any context, understand that you are not at the beginning of an idea. You're catching it somewhere in the middle. And so if you want to go back and get the whole picture, you've got to back up a few verses and see where the idea begins to unfold. And in this case, it unfolds in James 4.1. It doesn't start with James 4.7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, he'll flee from you. It actually starts in James 4.1. I'm going to set uh, the stage just a little bit for this. James was the half-brother of Jesus. Interestingly... The traditions said that he was a dead ringer for Jesus. They looked just like him. Now, Scripture doesn't say that. Scripture doesn't tell us what Jesus looked like. But the traditions say, the early fathers said, that James was the spitting image of the Lord. And when the 12 disciples were around him, uh, they were always doing double takes because it was so much like Jesus. And you can well imagine if they were brothers, uh, it's very, very likely that they had a strong resemblance and probably spoke very much the same. Very possibly their accents were very much the same. And so uh, James was the the leader of the church at Jerusalem somewhere in the 30s A.D., maybe as late as 40, but somewhere between 30 and 40 A.D. he became the leader, and was the leader of the church up until the siege at Jerusalem, which began in 66 A.D. So somewhere in that time period, pardon me, About 25 years, he led the church. So James lived during a time when there was a lot of infighting. And there was a lot of anger. In fact, that's what led to the Jewish rebellion. There was so much uh, hatred and infighting. And, and, and see, the Bible says in Ephesians, take heed. If you bite and devour one another, you be consumed of yourselves. Well, that's exactly what happened. 
the leaders crucified Jesus and went after his followers, and they were totally opposed to the church, threw the apostles in jail. They fought it uh, relentlessly. And that anger not only affected the believers, but it affected they themselves. They were the ones who suffered the most for it. And so uh, in their rebellion against Rome, uh, it wasn't long before the city was completely destroyed and uh, horrible, horrible suffering uh, took place. And so James writes to this fighting that had happened in the surrounding community. And he warns the believers not to let this come into you. And so let's read this from James chapter 4, because it's very often that whatever is in the world gets into the church in the area where certain things are dominant. What is the cause of fighting and quarreling that goes on among you? James asks. Is it not to be found in the desires which are always at war within you? And he's talking about the struggles between your recreated human spirit and your flesh. And so when James is addressing this, he's talking to believers. He's not talking to sinners. These are believers yet who are not living a sanctified life. He said, you crave, yet you do not obtain. He said, you murder and rage. Now, I doubt that these people actually committed the act of murder. But according to John, later on in his epistles, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer in motive. He said, you cannot obtain your end. He said, you quarrel and fight. You do not obtain because you do not ask, or you have not because you ask not. You ask and you fail to get because you ask it with wrong motives, your object being to waste on your pleasures what you acquire. Unfaithful people. Do and, and by the way, when he says that, he's talking to believers because if, if an unfaithful person has to be in relationship with someone else to be considered unfaithful. So they were unfaithful to God. So he's writing to believers who are very, very carnal. He says, unfaithful people, do you not know that to be friends with the world means to be at enmity with God. I see this today in the church. There are a lot of young ministers who are so cleverly funny, able to communicate. Uh, they, they have an amazing gift, and they find themselves accepted by a good part of the world. There are people in the world who aren't even saved who love to hear from them. And it's very easy for them to become ingratiated to that group so that they have a very difficult time ever teaching anything that brings conviction to that group. So instead, their aims of conviction are aimed at believers who are a little bit more conservative than they are and believers who are more observant than they are. And that's what happens. Whoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world, determines to be a friend of the world, takes his stand as God's enemy. Well, that's a dangerous thing. You really begin to oppose the plans and programs of God. Even in the church, you can do this. What? Do you consider this an idle word of Scripture? The spirit which he has caused to dwell in us yearns jealously over us. Now, let me read this to you uh, very clearly in a better translation. I, I believe it makes it a little bit more clear. Uh, the King James says, the spirit that dwells in us lusteth to envy. That's very unclear. 
And uh, a lot of people take that as uh, is, this is a wrong spirit. Actually, it's not. This is a work of the Holy Spirit. And let me read this the way it literally comes out. Do you think that the Scripture speaks to no purpose? The Spirit which He has caused to dwell in us yearns jealously over us. In other words, if Jesus is your Lord, He is not happy when you become uh, linked up, hooked up, influenced by the world. And yet the grace He gives is stronger. Wherefore the Scripture says, God opposes haughty persons, but He blesses humble-minded ones. So, even though we are struggling with our own desires of the flesh, if we will submit to God, He will help us and strengthen us and give us power over our flesh, but not only our flesh, but also the devil. So that's the meaning of this verse. Therefore, submit to God, resist the devil, he will flee from you. So submitting to God is about putting your flesh under obedience to the teaching of the Lord, which means that there may be things that you really would like to do or you feel to do that you do not do because you know they are in direct opposition to the teaching of Scripture. You have power in you to do that. You can control your flesh. You won't be able to do it if you don't spend time in Scripture and spend time in fellowship with God. But when you do, you'll have the power to keep your flesh under. That's what Paul said. He said, I keep my body under lest when I've preached others, I myself should be a castaway. He said, even him, the great apostle, still had flesh with the wrong nature. And so you and I are certainly no better than Paul. We have flesh with the wrong nature. We have to control it. If we don't control it, what happens? We become friends of the world. And we lose our abilities to resist the devil. Now, this is no more apparent than in the life and story of Samson. Samson had amazing supernatural strength. His strength was not due to his muscles. Uh, we like to show Samson. I probably have done it in my own curriculum with kids with a, as a big muscle-bound guy. But Samson's muscles were not the source of his strength. It was the Spirit of God on him. Uh, there's no muscle that could have been built that would have allowed Samson to carry off the gates of a city wall and, and rip them off their hinges and carry them, throw them down on top of a hill, walking uphill to do it several miles and then dumping the gates, killing a lion uh, with his bare hands, killing a thousand Philistines in one battle. Uh, that could not be done uh, with just ordinary strength. Samson was anointed by the Lord, but Samson did not control his flesh. Now, it wasn't a single act of giving into the flesh. It was a steady decline into giving into the flesh, and he did it over and over and over again till he finally compromised in three different things that God specifically said that he was not to do. And so he violated all three of those things, and ultimately the last one is what caused him to lose his strength. When he cut his hair, he was no longer strong as he had been once. So what I want you to see is that you have to learn to submit your flesh to the will of God, the Word of God, and we're going to talk about how to do that. But the point is that's where you have the authority to resist the devil. If you don't control your flesh, you cannot resist the devil effectively. It's all the time that I have for today, but we'll pick up with this again tomorrow. See you then. 
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.